Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and I'm excited to have my brother in Christ and pastor, Mark Crawl, on the podcast with me today. Mark has been an executive pastor at Northview Church in Carmel, Indiana, since 2003 and continues to serve in that role. Mark, I appreciate you joining today. My pleasure, Noah. Glad to, glad to be with you. Absolutely. And Mark, I'm excited for this topic today because I think it's one that is becoming increasingly important to talk about, especially in the in the world we live in today, where there's so much media, entertainment. Obviously, social media is a huge part of young professionals' lives and, and has played a role in so many of our lives. And so I want to talk about gray areas and things that are not so clear in the Bible in terms of how we should handle them, if they're good for us, if they're not good for us as Christians, and how we can best live our witness um, through how we handle those things. And so, Mark, I'd love to even start just for you as a pastor. I'm sure you've, you've ministered to a lot of young people. Um, how do you navigate gray areas, things like entertainment, alcohol, music, social media? How do you navigate those areas uh, in, in conversations in regards to the Christian walk? Yeah. Yeah, good question. You know, I think it would be easy for us to think that gray areas are a, a new phenomenon, Mm-hmm. you know, to our culture, but I think it goes back, back to the very beginning. You know, there are, there are some things that, that we know from God's word that are black and white, mm-hmm. but then there are other things that, you know, you have to, you really have to interpret mm-hmm. what, what the Bible teaches on, on how to handle certain things. And I think, you know, for me, a lot of times, when I get into situations personally, or if I'm meeting with somebody from the church and we're, we're talking about life and, and different scenarios, it really, I think, is pulling out the uh, wisdom principles that the Bible teaches us. So what, what are the principles that we should live by? Because some things aren't spelled out just, mm-hmm. just as clearly black and white as, you know, the Ten Commandments. I mean, th- there's not a lot of interpretation to be had there is some for sure with yeah. the 10 commandments but by and large we know what it means not to lie mm-hmm. <laughs> or not right. to commit adultery or but but you know in in life and in world it's not like jesus wrote down mm. a, and spelled out every possible scenario and said here it is just just yeah. follow this this rule book yeah. it's more here are principles to live by and embody them and let them press deeply down into your heart and soul and in doing so you will be living out the kingdom of god you know on the earth and so it's a tension that that is not new to 2022 it goes goes back to the beginning you know yeah yeah and mark i think that that's so profound because to your point we do often think that those are are new phenomenons or the struggles that we face with those gray areas are uh, just unique to our culture, but in reality, it, it's truly not. Um, and I really love to just even kind of touch on, if you don't mind, just the principles that you mentioned. Right? Those the, those sometimes can be even difficult for us to sometimes grasp or or, or recall of what those principles are uh, in in the Christian life. And so, in regards to some of these things, I really want to hit on. First of all, I think this is a big one in just young young culture. Is, is drinking alcohol and how to handle that responsibly. In, ter- yeah. in terms of the principles that, that God gives us, that Jesus calls us to live, how would you kind of minister or, or, or kind of uh, teach young people how to really handle uh, drinking alcohol? Yeah, it's a great question. 
you know, so let's just, let's just talk black and white and let's talk gray Mm -hmm. from what we know from scripture as it pertains to alcohol, you know? So what, what we can discern from scripture is that it's not a sin to drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. So nowhere, nowhere in the Bible are you going to find, you know, it's, it's sinful to drink alcohol. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty black and white. Yeah. Uh, we can also discern that, you know, Ephesians 5, that to be drunk is a sin. Mm-hmm. Paul actually calls it debauchery. And uh, and so, you know, his encouragement or his exhortation really is don't be drunk with wine, but be drunk with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Be filled with the Spirit. You know, because when you get drunk, the alcohol controls your, your being. Mm-hmm. It controls you physically. It controls you mentally, emotionally, in every way. It's bad. Yeah. You know, so those are two black and white things, but there's a lot of in between. Mm-hmm. So, really, the gray area is okay, in between that, how should I think about and live mm. with alcohol as a, as, as a Christian? And yeah. I think what is helpful is to set parameters Mm -hmm. as a christian i mean there are certain you know and 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 they're somewhat subjective i don't know what the best parameters are for you noah you know for me um i never drink more than one alcoholic drink at a time that's a parameter it safeguards me from any potential or any hint of crossing a line you know, and I'm not a big drinker. We don't have alcohol in our house, but if Karen and I go out for dinner, it's a nice meal. I might get a glass of wine or a beer, depending on what the food is, but I only, only one at a time ever. Mm. That's just a, a practice or a parameter that I've set. I don't think anybody should drink alone. Yeah. If, if a Christian finds him or herself drinking alcohol alone, it is a red flag. Mm-hmm. It is a warning sign. There, there's not, you know, I, that that's a parameter that you could set for your life. I think, you know, you could set the parameter. I'm only going to drink alcohol as a as a celebration. So if I'm going to a wedding or if I'm at a at a birthday party where we're celebrating a friend's uh, mm-hmm. life and, and birth, I'll have it. I'll have a drink just as a celebration thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think there are health considerations as well when it comes to, to alcohol, uh, that you want to pay attention to. Um, Mm -hmm. so those are, I think, so those are some helpful to me, some helpful ways to think about it. Mm -hmm. There certainly is the concept of a responsibility that we have as Christians, Mm -hmm. To live in a way that doesn't cause another person to stumble. I'm a pastor in a church. Yeah. I, I, the last thing I want to do is somebody to see me drinking alcohol and it causes them to stumble in some Mm. way. So Paul, Paul addresses this in Romans 14, where he, he talks about it's, it's a little, I mean, you got to dig into it to really to really understand what in the world is Paul talking about here, but he's really talking about mosaic law and yeah. food and drinking wine and what's clean and what's unclean. Mm-hmm. And he kind of describes a stronger and a weaker brother or sister in Christ. And so in that, in that teaching, uh, there's this idea that as if, if I'm a, if alcohol isn't a stumbling block for me, which it's not, that's not my thing. I mean, there are other things, but that's not it for me. Yeah. You know, I can live in freedom and drink alcohol and it's, mm. it's not a problem for some Christians. It is a problem. Yeah. And so as a, because it's not my problem, I should defer to my brother or sister who it is a problem and not encourage it, mm. uh, drink around them or, or whatever, because it really is a, to me, it's a principle of humility. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, you know, we live in a world, Noah, that especially in America, uh, it's all about individual rights. Mm-hmm. And so we can think about Christianity as, well, I have a right. 
Well, that's very Western. That's not an Eastern way of thinking. The, the Eastern in the Bible and, and Christianity is birthed out of a, an Eastern culture. Mm-hmm. And so the whole consideration of one another kind of gets super mi- minimized mm-hmm. and undervalued in our society, in Western culture, because we've elevated this idea of individual rights so high and disproportionate and unhealthy and really wrong that we can go down the road with any of the gray areas and think, well, I have a right. Mm -hmm. And you're missing the spirit of humility and the spirit of community Mm -hmm. and not everything that I may have the freedom and the right to do Mm -hmm. is good for the body of Christ. Yeah. I I love that, Mark. And I think too, you even pointed out the one Corinthians uh, or maybe it was Second Corinthians passage where where Paul really talks about that tension between you know, really being cognizant of a brother or sister that could stumble um, wow. in that way. And so, actually, a follow-up question to that I was processing as you were talking. There's so many situations where even that could be difficult to discern. Um, and I think too, as Christians, sometimes we're in public spaces. We want to make sure that we are living above reproach, in in a way where others don't you know, to your point, right, see us and maybe think, oh, he's drinking too much or, or that looks like it, he might have had too much um, because there can be that perception from an individual drinking um, alcohol. And so let's say a, a young person is out to, out to dinner with, with friends or, or maybe is, um, especially for our, our students, um, after a game or something that they've just done in terms of their sports career and, and they want to have a drink among their coworkers who, may, who maybe aren't believers how would you go about that situation and that tension of being around unbelievers um, and being a Christian who may want to engage with some alcoholic beverages? Yeah, good question. You know, I, I think that as Christians, we should be different from culture, That's from the world. It, it's be in the world, but not of the world. Mm-hmm. So if in that environment, there is no meaningful distinction between your life and your lifestyle and of the life and lifestyle of those who are not in Christ. Mm. Again, that should be a something to pay attention to. Yeah. You know, uh, Jesus is a stumbling block for some. And that doesn't mean that we're self-righteous or judgmental. I think a Christian can, can, be in that environment. Mm-hmm. But again, I would, and, and I think a Christian could be in that environment and have a drink. It's not, that's not the point yeah. of like, I need to make a point to all these non-Christian friends that I'm a Christian. The way to do that is not having a drink. Now it certainly could be. Mm-hmm. And I, I would respect that. And I hardly would ever personally drink. It's a little awkward. Yeah. What's really awkward isn't for me. It's awkward for them, yeah, you know, right. because they're like, you know, sometimes, you know, we are created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. So everybody bears this image. If people are carrying on and, mm-hmm. and getting drunk in this social setting, there's a part of them that knows that they were not created for this. Yeah. And so when somebody shows up in that equation and, out of principle or conviction is like, I'm not going to do that. Mm. That's not who I am. It kind of is like reveals the image that's born within them of God. I think it's like, we all have a spirit and a conscience. And sometimes it's not like we're purposely trying to convict people, but just Mm. our very presence, you know, as a pastor, it's funny. I don't, I don't swear or I don't cuss. Mm you know, you would expect that. Like, why would I? Right. But, but, and I don't lead with, Hey, I'm a pastor when I'm out in the world. Right. That's not my, my MO, because if, if I lead with that, it all gets shut down mm. really quickly and everything changes weird yeah. because people don't know what, how, what to do with pastors. So I will just go about my, just being Mark in, in society. Mm-hmm. And I may be in an environment where people are swearing and all this stuff. And then at some point they realize it comes out that I'm a pastor and they immediately apologize. I'm sorry for my language. I shouldn't talk like that. It's like, it's like 
you know, I'm pinch hitting for the Holy Spirit. I'm not purposely doing it, but the Holy Spirit is in them. And they know there's a, there's an awareness that this isn't becoming, this isn't the way God, you know, whether they believe in God or not, that, that image is in them. Mm, So. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think it's a, in terms of the, the alcohol situation, but I think even with, with the situation of language, it's a good discussion because one thing I've always processed and I've struggled with, especially the drinking part, because a lot of my friends and family um, are unbelievers. And so how do you navigate that situation? And what I've thought of is, is really two things. One, if I'm with friends that are believers or I'm watching a, a sporting game um, or a sporting event, I'll oftentimes have a beer with that. Um, to your point, obviously, there are parameters and limits to that. Um but what I've thought of is, is when I get around unbelievers, I don't want to change or put on a more self-righteous persona and avoid um, saying no to that drink just because I'm around uh, an unbeliever and, and just to look and have a kind of a that facade with me. But I think what even to me is almost better is to to have control with that item and to show the unbeliever that all I need is one or all I need is two or whatever that is and build that parameter in a way where you show that you have that self-control from the Spirit. Now, to your point, I would never knock somebody that chooses not to around unbelievers. I think that's totally fine. Um, but from my experience, I think that is um, I th- just a, a more, to me, it feels like a more godly way to live is to not fake it and, and say, oh, well, I never drink, so I'm not going to drink in front of you. Well, I do sometimes, so I, if I'm around you, I'm not going to act like yeah. I don't. So that to me has been kind of a tough tension, right? And I see both sides of it. Um, but that's how I've always navigated it. And and I think what I've found is at times you can have some great conversations um, over a beer um, or over a drink that, that are awesome. Um, and oftentimes it, you know, unbelievers won't deny going out for a drink. So it can be a great place for ministry if you use it for that. Um, but but it is a, it's a tough tension, I think, too, of just discerning it. Um, and I'd even add on to what you said of an important part of all of this is really being prayerful uh, and knowing yourself and allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal what's best for your life. You and I can share all day long just our own convictions and our own parameters, but for the individual, for the person walking with Jesus, it's important to really recognize what are your boundaries, right? Maybe somebody never drank in college or never drank growing up, and so for them, drinking isn't as much of a struggle Maybe someone was a, a binge drinker in college, and that is their challenge now is to control that. Um, and so knowing yourself, knowing your past, I think is a valuable aspect of this as well. Along along those lines, Noah, the one thing that I would say is that the person who has a problem with alcohol is typically the last person to be aware of it. Mm-hmm. Other people in their life are aware that they have a problem yeah. But there, you so it's uh, our enemy, the devil would want to deceive us, yeah, lie to us, and so you may think you've got a, you don't have a problem, but I would ask those closest to you, do you think I have a problem? Yeah, I think that's great. Yeah, and I think too to even add to that, accountability and conversations like this, I think, are so important because. To your point, we don't always have that that compass to really help us understand what is going to be the best way for me to live out my witness or what may be hurting my witness or what may be drawing me away from the Holy Spirit and, and His voice in my life. Um, and, and I think sometimes we need people around us to kind of share that and, and, and be real with us in terms of our lifestyle choices. So, yeah, I think even to add on to this gray areas discussion, I think people, to your point, people around you, could be pastors, could be friends, brothers and sisters in Christ, a small group, just having those spaces to be real and authentic about things in your life so you can have people pour into you, I think is a, is a huge value um, in yeah. terms of this area, no doubt. And Pastor Mark, I really want to kind of dive into social media because I, I do think it is an area that, especially with our demographic listening to this podcast, is a huge part of life. Like I, I can remember being eight years old um, and, and, and diving into Instagram and these different things at that age and Facebook. And um, so social media has been a part of my life and so many others in our network for basically our entire lives. 
And it is such a challenging space. And I think the way I want to go with it in the conversation is not so much just the basics of social media, but the things that social media can allow us to do, the sinful behaviors and attitudes that come out of social media. And I think one of the biggest ones, especially, I mean, girls and guys alike, is social media presents a lot of sexual temptation, things that that bring about a lot of um, attitudes and behaviors that come from that area of our walk. And so how, how should a young professional navigate social media, use it for God's glory, but also just be aware of those uh, temptations that could be um, available on, on social media platforms? Yeah, yeah, good question. So admittedly, I'm not on any social media, so I just want to qualify my comments, and, and maybe that could tell your listeners a little bit about what I think about it. I mean, mm-hmm. as a starting point, and that's not, I was years ago, you know, I was on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, the first to go was Facebook. The second to go was Twitter. And the last to go was Instagram. And it was the last because I was following, uh, we have four kids, we have grandkids. Mm-hmm. So I was following and I liked seeing the pictures and all that. Yeah. But here's what I determined for Mark is it was a time waster. Mm. I didn't have the self-control. It's like a vortex that would suck me in Mm. and not let me go. And it, and there was hardly any redemptive value to it. Mm. Like almost zero. The only redemptive value was I got the joy of, of seeing some pictures of my, my kids and grandkids and all that. Yeah. Honestly, everything else was pretty much bad. And mm-hmm. so it's been at least five years since I've been on any any social media platform. And I would challenge especially – so my kids are your age or maybe a little bit older than you. Yeah. Um, um, I, would, I would just share with the listeners that – I think it's one of the most dangerous areas of church of not church of the Christian life Mm. to navigate. It is fraught with traps and, and uh, you know, if you've read anything or studied anything about even those that created social media and the regrets that they have about what they created, Mm. not even allowing their kids to do the addictive power of social media is scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's a new addiction, yeah. you know? And so I just want to give a heavy dose of caution mm-hmm. of the consumption and use of social media okay. out of the gates. And, and that's not to say there, there aren't redemptive purposes and values. You know, you mm-hmm. could use it as a ministry platform to encourage people or, or whatnot, you know, mm-hmm. for sure. But typically the, the ugly side of it is basically what what we hear about, you know. So there's a verse in Proverbs 26, 4 and 5. It says, do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you yourself will be just like him. Mm. And then verse 5 says, answer a fool according to his folly, and he will be wise in his own eyes. So, So I think that all of the mm. banter that goes back and forth yeah. of trying to be right mm. or trying to make a point there there's it's not going to happen on social media yeah nobody's going to change their mind because of social media mm. they're only going to entrench deeper in a polarization of ideologies and social media is hardwired to create echo chambers for each of us according to what we're clicking on and liking. So you're only going to be reinforced with the ideas you already lean towards what, whatever that is left or right up or down, you know, whatever it is, you will be fed Mm. and you're living in an echo chamber. The only way that, that you really, I, I, not the only way that's too strong of a, of a word, but Mm. the best way is in relationship. Yeah to to love and to care for others mm. uh, and 
you know, and I, I just think, man, it, it just creates polarization. It creates insecurities uh, that, you know, why do we need to know all this about everybody? I mean, it's like all of a sudden you're accountable to hundreds, maybe thousands of people that you really don't even know or right. don't even care. Like high school friend, not, mm. you know, that you're, you really don't even, and why do I need to know about all of this information? Mm. I've already, already got enough yeah. in my life that I'm trying to, to live out. Mm -hmm. So for me, it, it was just a big distraction. Yeah. You know, Pastor Mark, I think that's really an incredible outlook on it. And I think the difficult part for, for young people is that it is so popular and so many of their friends use it. And, and it's almost like a lifestyle where it's like putting on your shoes, right? If, if you don't have Instagram, you're weird. Like, where are your shoes at? You know, like it, it's that thought process of it has become so ingrained that it is, it, it's expected that people have uh, social media, right? I remember meeting people when I first got to college, right? You're doing the welcome week stuff and you're meeting people. And the first question is, what's your name? Second question, I, asking for your Instagram handle or your Snapchat handle and wanting to follow you on that. Like it's your, your middle name or, or asking you where you're from, right? It's, one of those yeah. one of those basic questions now and i think for me social media has it, it's a challenging space to walk in as a christian because one you know there are cool opportunities to share your faith and you know i think there's it's a very unique platform because you are surrounded by so many people where you have 600 people viewing a post about if if you are talking about the lord where you would never have that platform otherwise but to your point, there's also so many temptations, corridors you can go down, um, just things that almost aren't even undetected. Um, you know, I, I know for me, social media has always been kind of a people-pleasing platform. Um, it could be an easy trap to fall in, just what you post, what you're wearing in your post, um, trying to make in your life seem better than it is, or an outlook to, to people where you can control the outlook of your life. And then to the point earlier that I, I mentioned is it, it, it's a place that is riddled with sexual temptation. And yeah. I mean, there's even just accounts that'll follow you just to entice you in that way. And yeah. so I think as a, as a, for myself, as a young Christian, it is very important to be smart with how you utilize social media. And I, and I think once that, you know, you kind of picture that whole, that whole piece together and you look at it from, from that perspective, I think it's not so much a gray area, but just having boundaries, having really secure parameters around it. And I always think about what Jesus says, if if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out, right? And I think sometimes when I think about social media, if it's a place where sin is prevalent and then there isn't control, kind of to your point, right, where it can be a time waster and you don't have control over that, I think it can be valuable to cut it out of your life or at least have accountability that helps you kind of limit that. So. Yeah. It is a difficult space to, to manage. Um, but again, I think it goes back to recognizing your, your kind of what your struggles are and being honest about that and having people around you that can also kind of pour into those struggles and give you wise counsel on that. But yeah, it is a difficult space uh, in terms of... I think, I mean, I think the internet in general is, is yeah. that. Social media is an aspect of the internet. Mm -hmm. but But the devil... You know, our, our most vulnerable state is when we are alone yep. and we have anonymity or we feel like we have anonymity. Mm. So whatever your your challenge is in life, whether it's porn or anger or whatever, mm. whatever the, the, the it is for you, yeah. uh, when you're alone and you feel like you're anonymous, which which the Internet, social media even though you're not, I mean, you got to, but you say things way more boldly than right. on social media than you ever would face to face. That's why I, th I think, I think, you know, it, it's easy for social media to become very narcissistic. hundred percent. It's all about me. Yeah. What if social media was not about me? What if it, what, what if I approached social media and I said, the only engagement I'm going to have with social media is to celebrate others. Yeah. and encourage and cheer other people on it's not about me i mean that flips the whole thing on its head what the problem is that's 
hard to do because of the flesh. I mean, we, we really want it to be, you know, about me, but, but the internet in general, so the temptations you're talking about, Noah, the sexual temptations and all that, it doesn't have to even be social media. I, I set parameters for me personally as a man and as a pastor where I, I don't access the news. Like I don't have news apps or news feeds on my phone or my iPad. The only way I access news is like if I'm watching the TV or I'm on listening to it on the radio. Mm. Why? Because when I'm reading the news on my phone, it's not just the news story. It's everything that's surrounding that news story mm. is are, are just like the enemy's temptations. Yeah. And it's like one click leads to another click that can lead to another click. And before you know it, you're in a place I, I like I went to go read the news. What happened? Right. So just being aware, self-aware mm. of 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 our limitations. Yeah. And so and then create the the parameters again. It goes back like the alcohol, create parameters. So yeah, I don't I don't access the news on my phone mm. because it's not good. I, I don't need to. I, I, I can get up to date other ways. Yeah. I love that. And I think what's really cool, Pastor Mark, that you've really touched on just throughout the podcast is setting parameters kind of according to what you know about yourself and your and your struggles. I remember I was listening to, to Pastor Craig Groeschel of, of Life Church in, in Oklahoma, and he shared that to, to navigate his own temptation, he actually doesn't have the app store on his iPhone. And and he doesn't have social media at all on his phone. He he has he is a pretty big pastor, so a lot of his, his staff and team handles his social media, but he has no app store on his phone and no social media apps at all on his phone. And at first I was like, man, like that's kind of, it feels like a lot. But at the same time, it really shows the level of, of his intentionality and humility to say, I don't have the self-control yeah. on whatever he was battling with in social media, so I need to get it off my phone and the app store so I can't even have the yeah. temptation to download the apps. Um, and so whatever that looks like for, for the individual, I think it just, the honest approach, the humility, what you talked about earlier is such a vital aspect of this entire subject too. Um, and, and, and we'll talk more later about entertainment, but I think just in the grand picture of it all, humility is behind these decisions and, and being aware of, of where you can struggle and fall, uh, in your, in your walk with Christ. The, the topic itself is super relevant. Very, yeah. and it's a problem. Mm -hmm. You know, it is. Uh, it is not helping people live the Christian life. No, it's it's hindering. It, throw off everything that hinders. Yeah, social media is hindering, and for for the most part, so is entertainment. So you know, you, you could put a lot of stuff in, in there. It's not helping us, and it's hard. It's a, we live in a world we don't want to just be completely out of. T we don't want to be reclusionary like Amish, right? <laughs> that just circle up the wagons and completely. So we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And there's a part of the Christian life where we should be weird. We yeah. should be. We're aliens. Yeah. We're. You know, the, the biblical languages were aliens, we're ambassadors. Well, when you're an ambassador, you're in a foreign country. You, you don't speak the language. You don't know the customs. You don't. So as Christians, we are in this world, but we should not be of this world. And there should be an element of our lifestyle that is different. You know, and, and I don't, nobody wants to be weird. But if, if, if not having a drink is being weird, okay, I'm weird. If right. If not going to a rated R movie because there's, I know there's sex scenes in it is weird. Okay. I'm weird, you know, but I embrace that. I, like, like I don't really care what they think. And I think that it, in the long run, the world is going is there's a winsome quality to that separation, you know, to be holy is to be separated from. Yeah. So it's attractive to a lost and dying world mm -hmm. because they they're aware of what's happening and they see the Christian who stands apart because guy doesn't swear he he has convictions, he speaks well of other people, he prefers the needs of others, not just his own. He's not narcissistic. He, you know, like 
that's kind of winsome. I, I really admire and respect that. And it draws people to the faith. Absolutely. And Pastor Mark, I want to transition kind of to the last part of this this podcast of really talking about entertainment. Uh, and I think this is one of the more difficult gray areas and honestly talked about the least. Um, things like music, TV shows, movies, how we engage with those things and really how it impacts our walk with the Lord. Um, and I want to start with music. And I can speak from my own journey in this, but uh, popular music style in our culture is is hip-hop, it's rap, it's pop music, um, and, and, and it really sometimes can be challenging to know what are the parameters and borderlines there as, as a Christian and what's healthy in, in, in our walks with Christ. So I'd love to hear from you just, first of all, the power of music. Obviously, music is, is very biblical, and, and really, how can we use music to bring glory to God in our lives? Yeah, music is... is uh... A gift, I think, given by God. Yeah. Uh, it's all throughout the Bible, so music isn't inherently evil. Mm-hmm. Certainly, can be used used for evil. And I think, no, what I would do, I want to share kind of an idea that might apply to a lot of this discussion of, of black and white and gray. And it's it's from Hebrews chapter twelve. Yeah. It says, since, "Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and." the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run the race with perseverance. So it, so, so there's like two categories that the author is talking about in that passage. Mm-hmm. Let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin yeah. that so easily entangles us. So the sin is the black and white yep. parts of life. So of course we're supposed to, throw off the sin things of our life. Mm -hmm. But what are the things that so easily hinders us? Everything that hinders us. And, you know, when it comes to the gray areas of life, you know, I think it's the, the, the lowest question we can ask ourselves is, is this a sin or not? Like, Mm -hmm. like, like if, if we're in a gray area and we're trying to discern, is this a sin or not? Mm-hmm. That's almost like the lowest question. Yeah. The higher question to ask ourselves is, is this gray area going to hinder me, my walk with God? Mm-hmm. Or is it going to help my walk with God? So you can imagine if you're running a race, you don't want to be tied down and carrying a bunch of, of luggage with you to run a race. You, race. you want to be free to run you know, and so with music, is this music hindering my walk with God? Or is this music that I'm I'm availing myself to helping? And it does it help me run more freely my walk with God? The same would be true with mo- movies or whatever. Is this movie redemptive? Does it hinder my walk with God or does it help? And and you know, like with movies, what what may trip your trigger and what may trip my trigger could be different things. Yeah. There's a discernment there. Like, like I can't watch any movie that is, is sexually whatever uh, oriented or like, I don't, I mean, I could, but I, I don't, I avoid that because it's yeah. not good for me to watch movies. It doesn't help my walk with God. Yeah. If a movie has some violence in it or whatever that could trigger somebody, somebody else. But for me, it's not like I'm going to watch that movie and go out and beat somebody up or shoot somebody. That's not my thing. It's not my, or, or, you know, with, with, uh, with caution, like even language in a movie, you know, I don't, like I said earlier, I, I don't make it a practice to swear. Mm -hmm. So it's not like I see a movie that has explicit language and then all of a sudden it, it, it it encourages me to go out and do that right and so there there's there's handling these things all of these things are kind of in the danger area of life the gray area by definition is sort of like is it dangerous but i just go back to that hebrews 12 is some Mm -hmm. of it's black and white it's sin and some of it is things in life that hinders our walk it hinders us from running the race and categorize these things in your mind Mm -hmm. is this hindering or helping my walk with god you know, one of the things like with movies, with romantic comedies mm-hmm. that Hollywood puts out, it's not helpful. It creates unrealistic expectations for marriages yeah. and 
And when you get into a real live relationship, it can't possibly live up to a romantic comedy. Mm. And so people feel, you know, it, it's a met, it's a constant barrage of messages of feeling unsatisfied with my mate. And that cuts both ways because it's creating this false narrative of real life. It's Hollywood. It's entertainment there. That's what they're selling. Yeah. But it's, it's, it doesn't translate into a real married life over, mm. you know, Karen and I've been married 34 years now. Yeah. So, so, uh, so we can't, I can't gauge my, my relationship with her based on a romantic comedy. It, yeah. No way I could live up to that or she could. Right. So just realize that pay attention to those kinds of things that that's not, that's Hollywood doing what Hollywood does. Yeah. It's, it's this fantasy. Mm-hmm. And there are people that are stuck in pursuing these romantic uh, experiences one after the other. I mean, their whole life because they bought in hook, line and sinker mm-hmm. to this narrative that yeah. is not biblical and not true. Yeah. Mark, I really love how you use the Hebrews passage. And, and I think, the, to your point, right, you can kind of wrap all these things up into really navigating them through that passage and and processing, is this hindering my walk, right? And, and it goes back to one, I think an important part of this is honest self-reflection. And I think you can do that in your prayer time, uh, in your quiet time. And then secondly, I think it's having mentors in your life, people that are that have, are older than you or of the same age of you that can be a part of your journey with you. Um, and really share those things. I was listening to a podcast, and it, it was with two pastors, and one of the pastors was a mentee, and the other was the mentor of the other pastor. And the mentee was sharing that when he was a young pastor, he had just gone from the youth pastor to the senior pastor of this particular church, and he wanted to buy a new car. That was what he was mm-hmm. kind of considering. He's like, I deserve this. I've been working you know, for, for this many years as a youth pastor. I want to get a new car. And the mentor poured into him and said, hey, I I wouldn't recommend getting a a new car just yet because your congregation is going to be looking at everything you do and judging you based off of that. It'd be smart to stay with what you have now and wait until they see the kind of person you are before you buy that car. And the mentee didn't buy the car, right? And he, he listened to that mentorship. Now, Obviously, that mentorship isn't God, but a lot of mentors can help lead us to make godly decisions. And I just yeah. love that story. To me, it was like, wow, that that's amazing, right? Even something as simple and personal as buying a new vehicle yeah. was something that the mentee was willing to ask the mentor. And so I think, the, yeah, yeah, and I think just with these things, having that in your life can be can be so powerful. And it can really be, uh, it can be something that speaks into you that you would never speak into yourself. Yeah, that's great. That mentor gave really, really good counsel. Yeah. And the mentee received it with humility, trusted it, mm-hmm. and he was he was better served for it. There, there will come a point where a new car is the, the right thing to do, but probably right when you get that job, it's not the, the right point. Right. When it comes to entertainment, if I could just tag on one thing, especially for your listeners, Noah, yeah, because your your ministry is in the ministry of the sports world, Mm -hmm. I would just raise the red flag that that sports betting is a problem in our society and culture where it wasn't as much. I mean, it's always been a thing in Vegas and Atlantic Mm -hmm. City. You go to the casinos and you can place your bets or whatever. Yeah. Clearly, that has shifted, and it's a full-on assault mm. to engage with sports through betting. And there are a lot of – it's super addictive, and there are a lot of people's lives that are going to be ruined by it. I had a guy show up at church. He walked in. He lost everything, including his job, because he ended up embezzling money from his company to sports bet, lost his marriage, lost – Ever, I mean, he was, he was devastated and it, and it wasn't a problem with them mm. early, you know, but one, so I'm, it's, I would just say, is it right? Is it's a gray area. I'll just say that. Yeah. Uh, but I just raise a caution that, that it is an area in your arena of ministry and life that I see only getting worse, more problematic and ruining a lot more lives. 
moving forward. Yeah, I would agree, Pastor Mark. It, it is a definitely an area that has become increasingly more difficult um, and easier to access, right? I mean, it's downloading an app, right? And um, it's, it's really, and there's so many, the thing about it too is that they use these ad campaigns that are so enticing of a, f- a free $150 on your sign up or whatever it is. And so it is one of those spaces that it's so hard to navigate. Um, yeah. and, and I really think it is important to be smart with how you use it. Um, and, and I think kind of going back to even the alcohol discussion with this, right? Anything in this in excess will lead to destruction if it becomes an idol. If you're receiving that joy from it that you aren't receiving from the Lord, it'll it'll become something that takes over your life. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think it's a, something to really be careful with. Um, and I personally don't engage in sports betting because one, I, I don't often win, and two, um, it, it can be an addictive space. So I'm definitely with you on that. Yeah. And lastly, Pastor Mark, I love kind of just to talk about a verse. Uh, Romans fourteen twenty three is always a really great verse, and in regards to gray areas, um, Paul says everything that does not come from faith is sin. And I'd love to hear from you, just kind of for, for our listeners that maybe don't understand that passage, that don't grasp that passage. How can you really relate gray areas to what Paul says in Romans fourteen twenty three? Yeah. So that was actually the verse I alluded to a little bit earlier in our discussion. And I may have misspoke as far as if it causes your, your brother to stumble, it might be the Corinthians passage. But, but in that passage in Romans 14, and, and I'm not a, I'm an executive pastor. I'm not a biblical scholar mm-hmm. or, or whatever, but, um, but if, you know, the idea, if it's not a faith, it's a sin. The context of that Romans verse is what I described. It's mm-hmm. the, it's the mosaic laws of, of eating clean food mm-hmm. uh, and, and unclean food. And Paul kind of says, it's okay to eat it all, which was scandalous for the at the time because the jewish rabbis and leaders were not teaching that and and they were still following the mosaic law and so i think that you know i i think that you know it's a it's a it's a discernment area of life to figure out what's not a faith is sin yeah so how do you how do you, i'll turn it back on you know how do you personally 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 apply that concept in your life Mm. yeah i think really it's a a great question and the way i've looked at that verse in my journey is anything that i do have the door locked to god in or something that i I try to keep god out of um, that isn't proceeding from my faith in jesus is is an area that um, becomes sin for me Um, and i guess the way that i've kind of understood that if that doesn't make sense to anybody listening is I'll give an example. I used to really engage with uh, hip hop rap music. It was something that it was for so many years of my life. I mean, I used to listen to, you know, rappers when I was in sixth grade, right. You know, all the, all the big time guys. And as I became a Christian, I, I started to almost block that area of my life off from God because it was like, Oh, well, I've, I've always done this. This isn't really a part of my walk. Um, and I began to realize that that became a sinful area for me, not just because of the music, you know, the music isn't exactly great, um, but because that God wasn't in that area of my life. Uh, another one for me is, is for a long time was my workouts, right? Not that working out is even remotely a sin, but it was to me a lot of about my body image, about the way I looked, and I was locking God from that room. And when I brought God into that room, I realized how much more powerful exercise can be with God in the middle of it, uh, doing it for His glory and, and not for personal uh, gain and glory. So to me, that that's how I've always utilized that verse um, of really just any area that God is, is blocked off from or where I lock God out of or where I, I can't bring God in um, is an area where I can't proceed in that activity from faith. And to me, really it's an area of sin and that's how I've interpreted that passage. Yeah. I think that's really, really insightful. No, it really, what, what I, what I hear you describing is idolatry. Mm -hmm. So what is it in life 
that is a gray area. So, you know, you could fill in the blank with a lot of things. Yeah. It could be, yeah, whether it's body image or eating or, you know, you name it, you, you fill in that blank. What is it that I have made an idol out of mm. and that I, I have not invited Christ into? And, you know, if it's something that, that I am controlling and it's something that is, con- is, I'm trying to control it, but it's controlling me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, it's, it's an idol. 100%. And, you know, that goes back to the 10 commandments. There's mm-hmm. have no other God before the true God. Yeah. So, um, that's a lifelong battle. It's a lifelong fight. The, you know, Paul talks about fighting the good fight mm-hmm. and it's, it's to remove idols from our life and to make, uh, put God on his rightful throne as the mm. Lord of our yeah. life. Absolutely, Pastor Mark. And really to encourage our listeners too on this entire subject, kind of going off what you said, gray areas are are a struggle in the Christian life. And as you walk with Jesus, you will continually be convicted of certain things and you'll grow through different things that you may be dealing with in, in, in your walk. And so it's it's not about perfection. It's not about you know, doing exactly what Pastor Mark does or exactly what I do. Um, but it's it's following Christ faithfully. It's having good people around you that can pour wise counsel into you. And it's being it's trusting that Christ will, will bring to fulfillment um, his sanctification in your life and to be patient in that because you won't wake up, you know, you're not gonna to you're not gonna follow Christ in the next day, be sinless, right? It, it takes time for God to weed those things out of your heart. So just an encouragement that as we talk about these things, you're not an imperfect Christian if you haven't thought about them before or if you're just starting to think about them. Uh, it doesn't matter where you're at. I think these things are are challenging for all of us, and, and as we walk with the Lord, He'll reveal those things to us um, throughout the journey. Yeah, that's good. Absolutely. Well, Pastor Mark, it was a pleasure to see you, a pleasure to have you on, and we're so grateful for your insight on this topic of gray areas. Oh, always good to talk with you, Noah. And keep up the good work at Uncommon Sport, you and the whole team there. And I'm just cheering you on and the good work that you're doing for for Christ and the kingdom of God. Appreciate it, brother. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at uncommonsg.org. That's uncommonsg.org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern Time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.